0: So we're going to read from Romans 8, verse 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. Well, good morning, everyone. And good morning to those of you watching online. It's great to see you. Let's pray before we begin. Father God, we thank you for this fantastic chapter of your words that we've been looking at over the last few weeks. We pray that you would open our eyes to its treasures, and we pray that you would bring them home to our hearts in a way that shapes us to be more like Jesus. In his name we pray, amen. Well, you won't believe how great it is to be filming this in person. I never thought that it would be a special treat um, to have real people in front of me when I'm preaching. Now sadly, uh, I don't have quite as many real people in front of me as I thought that I might do, as we've not been able to live stream this as we'd hoped. Uh, but I at least have three or four people in front of me rather than just a tripod. Things are so changeable at the moment, aren't they? It's so hard to be sure of anything really, isn't it? Uh, we don't know what one week is gonna be like to the next. Uh, it's been a real roller coaster the last few weeks. I don't know how you felt uh, or how all these changes have affected you personally, uh, but one of the real difficulties has been just the uncertainty of it all, hasn't it? It feels like there's so much uh, that we just don't know, and it's hard to have confidence in anything, which makes what we are looking at today all the more wonderful. The brilliant thing About today's passage is that Paul shows us some amazing, mind-blowing things that we can know for sure. Things that we can have complete confidence in, uh, even in these times of uncertainty, even in a crisis, even in suffering or trials. In fact, suffering and trials are the context for this Passage. Uh, Paul's just talked about them in previous verses. Uh, and then we get to verse 28. And here's what Paul says. And we know, uh, i.e., this is what we do know: that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Wow. In everything, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Uh, Can that really be true Uh, in everything? I'm sure uh, many of us have heard this verse before. Uh, It's a verse that grabs our attention, doesn't it? Uh, A bit like a a Ferrari driving down the road or uh, passing a tree with loads of beautiful, tasty fruits. But it's the next verse that gives us the deep roots or the engine behind verse 28. You see, like any part of the Bible, it is so important to read it in context, to understand it fully. Because in order to understand verse 28, uh, and in order to have real confidence in it, we need to know two things, don't we? Firstly, uh, what is the good that Paul is talking about when he says that God works all things for good? And secondly, what is God's purpose, uh, given it's for those who are called according to his purpose? And it's the unbreakable chain of verses 29 and 30 that answers those questions. Uh, So that's where we're going to start today. And they tell us that we can know God's unshakable purpose and plan with absolute certainty. Now, I don't know how you think about God's purpose and plan. Uh, maybe it's not something you've thought about before or uh, you're just totally unsure, uh, in which case uh, you're very welcome to be with us and I hope that this sermon helps. Uh, or maybe when you think of God's plan of salvation, you think of Jesus dying on the cross as giving us a, a free ticket to heaven And that's certainly a key part of it. Uh, But here in these verses, we see that if we are trusting Jesus, then the, the whole story of history leads to our salvation and to us becoming God's people. Have a look at verses 29 and 30. Here's what Paul writes. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. Uh, those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. Here is God's purpose for us as his people uh, a glorious, unbreakable chain of events. But let's be honest, uh, there's a lot of long words in there. Uh, So let's go through them one step at a time. Here is what God has done for us as those who follow Jesus. Firstly, he foreknew us. Now, I guess it would be easy to read that as meaning uh, that God knew in advance who would put their trust in Jesus Uh, But that is not what Paul is saying here uh, because it would mean that our salvation was in our hands. Uh, And Paul has consistently shown us right the way throughout these opening chapters of Romans that we can contribute nothing to our salvation. Uh, It's all God's work. You see, the word foreknew in the original language is a much stronger word than that. It it means to to know someone, to have an intimate relationship with them. So it's more like saying that God foreloved us. When my wife, Sophie, was pregnant with our kids, uh, let, let's say our daughter, Phoebe, for the sake of the illustration, uh, there was a sense that when she was in Sophie's tummy, we already loved that baby in her tummy, uh, even though we hadn't met her yet. Uh, we set our love on that baby uh, and God, uh, even before we were conceived, uh, even before the beginning of time, set his love on us. That is an an incredible thing. So the next link in the chain is that he predestined us. Uh, And this means what it says in the sense that God preset a destination for us. Now, back uh, when I was younger, my sisters and I organized a surprise trip to Venice for my mum and dad uh, for a big wedding anniversary of theirs. Now, I have to say that it was a one-off. Uh, we hadn't done anything like that before then, and we've not done anything like that since, and uh, I'm lucky to get them a card each year, if I'm honest. But we did well that year. Uh, and as you can imagine, uh, we set, as we sent them to Venice, uh, it went down very well. And God... Uh, in his love for us has set an amazing destination for us and that destination is to be with him in glory conformed to the likeness of his son uh, to become like Jesus and that process begins now through the work of the Holy Spirit uh, and will be brought to completion when Christ returns and we see him face to face and that is God's good plan for us Uh, that is our amazing destination which he predestined for us right back before the beginning of time now I know that throws up a lot of questions uh, in terms of who God does and doesn't predestine Uh, there's not time to say a huge amount but here are some things uh, that the Bible is clear on which help us Uh, firstly the Bible is clear that all of us were in willful rebellion against God. Uh, So God certainly does not um, force neutral people into unbelief. Instead, God chooses to graciously intervene and open blind eyes. Uh, Think of Paul himself, who who wrote Romans. Uh, He was persecuting the church, he was set against God. But then on the Damascus Road, God stepped in and open his eyes to who Jesus was. And that is a picture of, of what has happened for each one of us who have trusted Jesus. Uh, that's why we thank God for our conversion. Uh, that's why we thank God when other people come to faith. Uh, and that's why we pray for people to come to faith. The second thing uh, to mention about this topic is that the implications of the alternative unbiblical view are more difficult. That's a bit of a mouthful, uh, but here's what I mean. Imagine that it's ultimately down to our choice and willpower as to whether we believe and grow as disciples. How confident are you that you're going to keep going? And even worse, imagine it's ultimately our job to persuade people to follow Jesus. Uh, it's all down to us. Uh, how much pressure is that if people's eternal destinies are completely in our hands, that is an awful thought. But instead, uh, rather than it being a huge burden, uh, we can be confident that God is bringing people uh, to himself and into his kingdom. And we have the privilege of being part of that plan as we tell others the good news. So the implications of the alternative view are more difficult And lastly, and most importantly, I think, uh, whenever this topic of predestination comes up in the Bible, it is always given to us as a huge encouragement to spur us on. Uh, It's not something to get us in a twist. It's hugely encouraging that God has set his love on us and predestined us. He's chosen us uh, so we can know security, comfort, and hope right now. Now, I know uh, that might still leave lots of questions uh, if you're a thinker, Uh, so I'll send out some further reading this week for anyone who would like to think more about this. Uh, But we need to move on to the next link in our unbreakable chain. Uh, God foreknew, he predestined, and the third link in the chain is to be called. Paul writes, and those he predestined, he also called. Uh, This is not a, a general call to everyone, but a specific call when God awakens faith in us and we accept the gospel. There's a a great example of this in Paul's letter to the Thessalonians. Uh, Paul writes this, we know brothers and sisters loved by God that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you, not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and with deep conviction. Uh, Paul knew they had been chosen because they responded to the gospel that they had heard and believed with deep conviction. Uh, God had predestined them to be his people, but at that moment, they were called and they trusted Jesus. And next in the chain, we see what happens to those who trust Jesus. Uh, Paul writes, verse 30, those he called, he also justified Those he justified, he also glorified. If we're chosen, we are justified. Remember back to Ken's sermon from the start of this chapter. As we stand before judgment, all we deserve is condemnation. But Jesus took it for us. Uh, So that Paul can declare in verse one of this chapter, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And to be justified means uh, not only to be not condemned, uh, but to be declared righteous and blameless before God, like Jesus. Here we see that the cross, uh, our justification, uh, was not just some isolated act, but was part of God's whole purpose and plan from uh, before time began, uh, through history, and to eternity, because the final part of the chain, the end destination is to be glorified. Now, for some reason, uh, that makes me think of having some sort of big shining light behind me, uh, like some sort of pop star coming onto stage, uh, which at the moment feels like it might be quite nice because I've got so used to filming with a bright shining light in front of me all the time. But to be glorified means something far more amazing than that. Uh, In the Bible, it means will be given new, perfect bodies. Uh, We'll be perfect and sinless and we'll be like Jesus uh, so that we reflect God's glory. That's what it means to be glorified. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm pretty sure, uh, looking at myself and knowing myself, that that has not happened yet, Uh, which means there's something uh, a little odd here because Paul uses the past tense here, doesn't he? for something that's coming in the future. And you see, what he is saying is that this is so certain that it might as well have already happened. Uh, The links in this chain cannot be broken. uh, And that is where we are headed. When my sisters and I uh, sent my mum and dad off to Venice, uh, it was really good fun because uh, we put them on uh, a plane to London and they still had no idea where they were going. Uh, So they just had to kind of pack a bag and and hope for the best. Uh, But what we did do was give them an envelope to open on the plane. And in the envelope uh, was a a card, uh, a happy anniversary card, uh, some tickets from London to Venice, uh, all the uh, details about their travel arrangements and their accommodation, uh, and some spending money from some generous relatives. And mum said that it was a really special moment Uh, Because they could suddenly, at that point, look back and see that we had planned everything for them. And they could see uh, that we really loved them. And they knew that they were headed to an amazing destination. And that is just a, a tiny picture of what God has done for us as Christians. Because here in this These fantastic verses, we see God's whole plan for us. Uh, He he foreloved us before creation. He predestined us to be justified and made like Jesus. Uh, And we can look to the future when we will be made perfect and glorified. Uh, And as we look at this whole incredible plan, we can know deeply That God loves us. He wants the best for us. And nothing can break that chain of events. And that is why we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. We can go back to that verse, verse 28, and we can finally answer the question what is the good? that God is working towards. What is his purpose? And we've seen that it is conforming us to the image of his son and uh, making us like Jesus uh, and bringing us through to glory. Uh, these are the things that Paul is saying we can know with certainty. We can build our life on these things. So often what makes suffering or trials difficult is the uncertainty, isn't it? There are so many unanswered questions. Uh, We ask, why? We ask, what next? Uh, We ask, when? We don't know how much to hope. Uh, We just wish there was more certainty sometimes. But here Paul says, This is what we do know. Firstly, God is at work for good, even in our suffering. Uh, He is ceaselessly and purposefully working for good for his people. But we need to be careful, uh, because if we define good wrongly, uh, as getting that beautiful house that we want, uh, or or getting rich, or uh, just having a, a, a family in harmony... And uh, then when we don't get those things, uh, we'll think, maybe, maybe God isn't working for my good. But if we define it rightly, like Paul does here, as becoming more like Jesus, then we can be confident that God is working for good, uh, even in difficulty and pain. He can use those things as a furnace to make us more like Jesus. Uh, they might be painful, but they create purity and beauty in us. And often the way God does that is by revealing the things that have become too important to us. Often it's, it's only when suffering comes that we see the false gods in our lives. They're so like money or career or family or, or feeling like we need to be the one fixing everything and in control. And we realize that we need to, to turn to the one true God who will never abandon us and who longs to pour out his grace on us. The hymn writer John Rippon summed it up well when he said this, when through fiery trials your pathway shall lie, my grace all sufficient shall be your supply. The flame shall not hurt you, I only design your dross To consume and your gold to refine. Uh, Last week we heard an amazing interview with Johnny Erickson Tarder, who sadly became paralyzed from the shoulders down at age 17, didn't we? Uh, And she clearly knows the truth of that, doesn't she? Uh, She wrote in one of her books, We will stand amazed to see the top side of the tapestry and how God beautifully embroidered each circumstance into a pattern for our good and his glory. So Paul wants us to know that God is at work for good, even in our suffering, uh, even in the furnace. And he also wants us to know that uh, our suffering might break us uh, physically and mentally and emotionally, but it will not break that golden chain of our salvation in all the things of life, all the ups and downs of life, we can have assurance of God's love for us, Uh, assurance of salvation, uh, and assurance of that great hope of glorification because of God's sovereignty and because of his great plan of salvation. Some people have likened these verses to a, a pillow For our weary heads, Uh, if we are in the midst of suffering, uh, these are verses that we can cling to and take comfort in, uh, even when that pillow is wet with tears. Paul is saying, even when there is so much uh, that we don't know, uh, even when we're confused, even when we are hurting, these are things that we can know with confidence and rest our weary heads on them let me finish with the final verse of that hymn from John Rippon the soul that on Jesus has leaned for repose I will not I will not desert to his foes that soul though all hell should endeavor to shake. I'll never, no never, no never forsake. Let's pray to finish. Father God, as we look at your amazing plan for us, from before time began through to eternity. We thank you that you are working all things together for good. In this time of uncertainty, uh, we pray that you would help us to know these things with certainty. We pray they would give us a foundation of confidence and hope for facing each day, whatever it holds. Help us to know that you have chosen us You are at work in us. Make us more like Jesus and you will bring us through to glory. Heavenly Father, we praise you and give you thanks. Amen.